0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kingdom Talk podcast. I'm Mike Eckert, and I'm going to be talking about something that's very interesting to me, and I hope it's interesting to you, and I'm glad you hit the play button, either on purpose or even by accident. This podcast is called The Cult of Personality in Today's Christian Church. Now, before we even get started, I know many folks, especially believers get weirded out by the word cult. It conjures up thoughts about evil stuff, devil stuff, Waco, drinking the Kool-Aid. Saints, this is not that. That's not what we're going to be talking about. When I use the word cult in this discussion, I'm talking about a very simple definition of a cult in the Christian church. Here's the definition we're sticking with during this discussion. I'm talking about A group of people with an extreme and misplaced devotion, admiration, and loyalty for a certain person or leader that overtakes and becomes more important than their personal and individual relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that. A cult is a group of people with an extreme and misplaced devotion, admiration, and loyalty for a certain person or leader that overtakes and becomes more important than their personal and individual relationship with Jesus Christ. Bottom line is a cult is a group of believers who follow a cult leader over Jesus Christ. I got it, Mike. So what then is a cult leader? Well, that's a great question. This definition is a little longer because it can be a little more complex. A cult leader in the Christian church today is a charismatic, dynamic, convincing person who appears on the surface to have some great wisdom or knowledge or spiritual gift from God. But when investigated more thoroughly, that person's found to be an imposter that actually is pointing people to themselves rather than to Jesus. Even sometimes while talking about Jesus. Cult leaders establish and maintain toxic atmospheres. And environments where they make themselves the most important gear in the church engine, the most important person in the room, not Jesus. So let's open our eyes to this. Let's open our spiritual ears and open this can of worms. So how are we going to do that? Well, the answer is simply evidence. I'm going to teach you how to quickly discern and recognize the cult of personality operating in any church and even any situation, workplace, or group environment. Now, first off, for me, the cult of personality is a fascinating thing, especially in the church. Many believers are groomed and taught from salvation to follow charismatic personalities and ideologies that create a culture of control rather than an atmosphere where Jesus alone is front and center and equally reachable by anyone in the flock. For many believers, The cult of personality-led church is all they've ever known. Okay, Mike, well, how do you know all this? Well, I'm glad you asked. The fact is that I was involved for many years in a church system that was fueled by the cult of personality and unsafe teachings, and it took me a great deal of time, a great deal of energy, lost friendships, hurt family members, counseling, research, very much time with Jesus in prayer, meditation, contemplation, just to come out and away from the cult system I was involved in. In fact, at the time I was involved in these things, I was actually in a leadership position in that church with my wife. And we had to, in a sense, excommunicate ourselves from our position and our place in that system. Make no mistake, saints, I and many others I know had to shake loose and shake off a lot of false teaching to get free, and it took time. If not for solid friendships and family who recognized the terrible environment I and many others were involved in, we might still be caught in a culture of man worship today. And I thank God every day for the liberty and freedom and that little trail of breadcrumbs Jesus left for me and my family to follow out the door of the cult. So for me, my sword, the sword that I swing for this season and possibly the sword I'm gonna be swinging for a very long time will be this very subject and subjects similar to this. And only for the purpose of setting more believers free. Leaders who strive and labor to create and maintain church systems built around them And their personality almost always present themselves in ways that ensure that they receive unquestioned loyalty and devotion, attention to them, honor ad nauseum, extreme codependence on them alone. This is what is called a personality cult. So now that we've kind of set the table a little bit, let's bake the cake and talk about the evidence I promised to show you. Now, first off, these types of cult leaders continuously ensure that they possess the highest title, the highest office, the highest spiritual gift, which for them is the microphone in most cases, and they surround themselves with people who they know will never question them, never criticize them, never correct them, even though they will say publicly that they are surrounded by good counsel. They usually teach things like governmental authority, apostolic authority, submission to them, honor to them. They teach the five-fold gifts that Jesus gave to the church as a military rank system. They have spiritual sons and daughters that are under them, submitted under them, and do everything they say. Children under them, and they ensure that there's an environment created where they are the final authority in everything. Personality cult leaders are almost always narcissistic, even to the point of actually demonstrating symptoms and behaviors associated with narcissistic personality disorder, NPD. These types of leaders have an extreme and they have an unreasonably high sense of self-importance. They have to be surrounded by excessive admiration. And in church settings, oftentimes, they're the only ones that are ever going to speak, teach, and preach. They believe they are especially unique and they're superior to everyone else and they want everyone around them to believe the same thing. They'll even tell you that all of this is from God. Personality cult leaders and narcissists, they fear abandonment and when they're threatened or found out or their behavior is uncovered or addressed, they are unwilling to take responsibility. They will not accept blame for anything. All adversity, bad behavior, character flaws, negative church issues are always everyone else's fault. They're always the victim. They're always the victim of an attack. They're the victim of a misunderstanding. They're the victim of an undermining, and they will take very drastic steps to save themselves and their reputation, even to the point of shutting down, packing up and moving their entire ministry to another geographic location. I've actually seen that happen. They'll rename it, they'll start it fresh, They'll do it over and over again. They'll get rid of leaders. They'll get new leaders. There will never be any real friendships. They'll leave a long trail of distraught, confused, and hurt family and friends along the way. Many times when these types of leaders are found out and the flock begins leaving, they will begin to do damage control by rewarding or love bombing those who stay loyal. They'll give them gifts and vacations and extra attention. This is a way of keeping everyone loyal and keeping everyone in step. Now, all these things I just mentioned, folks, they're not the most important things to look out for. For flock members and believers, the greatest signs and evidence that you might be experiencing a personality cult or a narcissistic narcissistic leader are the relationships. Saints, follow the breadcrumbs of relationships. And again, If you ever suspect you're involved in a church cult, watch for those things inside the church. Here's just a few questions you can ask. Are powerful gifted flock members suddenly leaving? Are close friends and even family members making an exodus? Are you being told that those who left did something wrong? They didn't submit correctly, they tried to cause division, Was a narrative created and spoken over and over again about those who leave? Were you told to leave them alone? Don't call them. Have nothing to do with them. Let them repent. Don't ask them questions. Is there lack of multiplicity in leadership? Are there several leaders working together equally? Or is a single person all powerful in that church system you're in? Does the leader possess true friendships with people? who are not useful to the ministry or to them? Does the leader continuously deal with friends unfriending them? Does the leader humiliate other people? Do they make fun of other people? Do they gossip about other people? Do they tell stories about others in a negative way? Do they burn out other people's candles to make their own brighter? Is there continuous teaching and preaching about loyalty, culture of honor, Giving correctly, church attendance, gossip, or the proper and improper ways to worship during church service. What I'm talking about is, is all the teaching and preaching about your behavior? Is there very heavy emphasis on honoring the leader? When people leave, is the flock taught to not communicate with them at all? Is the leader continuously the victim of some type of attack or undermining or conspiracy against them? Saints, this is called blame shifting. When addressing behaviors or questions or confronting these things or cornering these leaders when these things happen, are you told or made to feel like you're not to touch God's anointed? See, cult of personality leaders create ideologies to cause the flock to believe sometimes in very subtle ways, that they, the cult leader, they possess some kind of special powers, revelation, special relationship, office, or position with Jesus that is higher and more valuable than your position with Jesus. And without them, and without being close to them, or without proximity to them, or without loyalty to them, you, the flock member, will never attain what they have. In fact, you'll miss out on what God has for you. The bottom line is, in these systems, you can only have a full relationship with Jesus if you remain loyal to the cult leader and the theology that they offer. Now, here's something very important to keep in mind many cult leaders say biblical things, they use scripture, and they even teach correctly at times. Saints, believe it or not, God still moves in these places. Yes, I said that. Saints, God still moves in dysfunctional church environments. Well, okay, now wait a minute, Mike. So you're saying that I could be in a church where there's a narcissistic cult leader hurting people, hurting families and pointing the flock to themselves and God will still be there? Yes, my answer is absolutely yes. Well, Mike, how can this be? Why would Jesus show himself in a church where the flock is manipulated and controlled and influenced by false teaching, false prophecy, narcissism, codependence? Why would he do that? Well, saints, let me answer that question with a couple of questions, and and you're probably going to see where I'm headed with that. Question number one, did Jesus ever show up where he wasn't welcome? This is kind of a trick question because you know the answer. I already know you're forming the answer in your mind right now. Folks, Jesus almost always showed up where he wasn't welcome. That was his thing. Did Jesus ever go to great lengths to save his flock? Answer to the second question is absolutely. Jesus always went to great lengths to save his flock. See, saints, God will go into hell to save his children. He's not afraid of going into a cult church. If there's only one saint who loves Jesus, still sitting in a dangerous, unsafe and dysfunctional church environment, wouldn't you expect Jesus to be there? In fact, isn't Jesus there inside that believer? Saints, we gotta be okay with the idea that a dysfunctional cult-led church, even one that is slowly sinking, can still have a remnant that Jesus is trying to save. See, his timing's perfect, and he's going to rescue his children in a variety of ways over a length of time we can't predict. Isn't that one of the most beautiful things about Jesus, that he can cleanse his temple with righteous anger and at the same time save a woman in the center of that same temple? Here's some more good news. You know what? Let's call it great news. This cult of personality and this cult church that I'm talking about is extremely easy to recognize. Now some of this kind of stuff is a recap on what we discussed earlier but I have a few and and I have them numbered here so you can kind of get a better understanding of, of how to recognize these types of church systems. Number one, There's a lack of mutual accountability and equal submission one to another in the local church setting. Number two, the leader hears from God for everyone else. His or her vision is more important than the collective dreams and visions of the flock. The flock stays at rest while at the same time being taught to perform, all while the leader boasts of the hours of prayer they execute because they're special. Jesus' people gifts to the church are used as a military rank system. There's always a steady exodus of gifted and powerful believers, friends and even family members who can't endure the continuous manipulation and control. Whenever people leave, leadership ensures no one makes contact with them, create, creating a narrative that they left community. The leader is always the victim whenever they're criticized or corrected or cornered. There's always a call to submit to and invest in the community and the culture being created by the leader. There's never ending talk about honor. Here's some cult leader language. I am creating a culture. I am raising up a people. I am developing a community. God told me that I am to take a city, a region, or a state. I am anointed, mantled, commissioned, and called. When you hear the I am, saints, I can assure you that they are not. This type of language is designed to create something called codependency. And it's codependency on the church leader and not a full and unhindered dependency on Jesus. Eventually, the atmosphere created by these types of comments gives rise to dysfunction. And then an exodus of flock members and families and friends who can't tolerate the control and manipulation. Saints, my prayer is that every believer in Jesus Christ learns who they are individually, Yes, we are loved by God, but that's not our identity. Our identity and position is high priest in the kingdom of Jesus and we can take authority, we can open our spiritual eyes and ears, we can speak out, we can recognize manipulative leaders and false theology and address it. May God, by his Holy Spirit, and power, each and every one of us, give us wisdom and understanding Help us free our minds. Help us understand how you want us all together as one to operate in your kingdom, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.